Hi, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Through Nick and Thin. The podcast where we watch every Nicolas Cage movie in chronological order so that you don't have to. I'm your host. My name is Steve. Joining me, as always, is Hannah, my co-host. Just me. Just you. <laughs> should we Nothing just talk- special about me. Should we talk about it up top? I guess so, since you <laughs> just brought it up. I, brought it. I, need to, I need to say it. We recorded like the entire podcast and then... No one cares. I kind of hate when podcasters do this. And we can keep this in if you want. <laughs> it's like we... No yeah. excuses. Yeah, I was very upset with myself last night because that's the kind of life I like to lead. The the no excuses, you know, get it right the first time. And you were very supportive <laughs> of me. You were like, it's okay, Steve. We'll do it again tomorrow night. Yeah. Yeah. But we don't need to give our audience excuses. No, I'm not making an excuse. I'm just saying that a lot of our bits that we're going to do throughout They're going to be fresh and fun, <laughs> and, and our and listeners are going to love it, and yeah. and definitely not... Recycled. Recycled that yeah. we did yesterday. So I skipped a bit in the beginning. That's what made me think of it, is because I, like, two or three times we, we started over with the with the opening, mm-hmm. just getting the mics ready, and I called Hannah alluring every time. Yeah, every and time. I feel like I could have led into the movie that way by saying, I'm alluring... Because my skin shimmers in the sun like mm. a vampire. Mm-hmm. That trope only happens in Twilight. <laughs> not, in, not in any other vampire movie. Yeah. But we watched a vampire movie. We sure did. Kind and, of. <laughs> uh, kind of, yeah. I mean, it was a vampire movie. It was I a vampire say. movie. Yeah. It is, of course, the movie Renfield. You know it. You clicked on it. Um, it is the story of Robert Renfield, who is the... Uh, Robert Montague Renfield. That's what his name is in the movie. Okay, maybe it's something it's probably, different in the book. It's probably something different in Bram Stoker's Dracula. But so anyway, uh, Robert Montague Renfield is the um, ever faithful assistant to Count Dracula, who realizes after a hundred years that he is in a toxic relationship and must get out. Hannah's giving me the thumbs up. Is that his name? Just says R M. So ah, uh, okay. So they probably we can just, use yeah. context clues. Gotcha. Sounds good. <laughs> So anyway, uh, Nicolas Cage does not play the lead of Renfield, but he plays, of course, Dracula. You've probably seen behind-the-scenes pictures of him. You've probably seen his face, along with Nicholas Holt's face, who plays Renfield, on... For the trailer. Billboards, and in the trailer, and on the sides of buses, and on probably, like, Reese's candy bars and things like that. It's everywhere. (laughs) It's one of those ones that's just everywhere. You can't avoid it. So we're going to get this podcast kicked off for like the sixth time with Hannah's <laughs> section. I'm going to keep breaking it up now that I know that you hate it. <laughs> well, especially because I spoke for so long yesterday. I know. But now I, I can clean so I can clean it up a little bit. Yeah. Really trim the fat this time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> really just... If we're really going to do that, then I need to get you off of this podcast. Yeah. Hey! <laughs> hey! Fucking bird. Got me so good. I love a good bird. Anyway, yeah, burning fat. <laughs> well, that was bad. That was bad. Get that out of there. Nope, that has to stay in. We were laughing through it. Oh. I, there's no clean cuts. Okay. So, Han, you're gonna get us started with some uh, some facts, some figures, some behind the scenes info, and you also did a lot of uh, research on Dracula in the original story itself. So, take yeah. It away. 
Dracula in literary and cinematic history. So we'll start with Renfield 2023. It premiered on Friday, April 14th, which is when we saw it. Yes. <laughs> Tried to record on Sunday and here we are. It's Monday. Hate this movie say that. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> In the first weekend, it is hitting with a 6.7 out of 10 on IMDb and a 59% on Rotten Tomatoes. Feel that it should have been higher. It's a little low. It's a fun movie. It is fun. It certainly doesn't do anything crazy new, but it's really fun. Yeah, I'm trying to think of other movies that I've seen recently that would be like similar to this. Yeah, it's it's charming. It's got a lot of really good visual gags. It's kind of uh, hyper-violent, um, but, you know, it knows what it is. In its first weekend, it is making $7.5 million. Um, it had a budget of $65 million. The movie that is currently number one in the box office in its second weekend is the super mario bros movie it made 87 million dollars this past weekend and that would bring it to a grand total of 347 million dollars total in its first two weekends Mm. then in second place for this past weekend is the movie the pope's exorcist that is don't even think i've seen a single trailer for that one i haven't seen a single bus with (laughs) i haven't seen a single Reese's bar (laughs) that made 8.5 million compared to the 7.7 million renfield made at least that's a tighter race than the 80 whatever seven million dollars i said super mario bros you know pulling yeah. away in, in first place it's it's a a tighter race between two and three and like okay super mario bros is gonna win it it's a family movie i get it but renfield that has had so much advertising i know loses out to the pope's exorcist on its first weekend maybe it's word hard to say do, do people anymore go to the movies just to get out of the house or do people anymore go to the movies because they feel like they need to see something on a big screen and hear like that high quality audio i think the former if you have children and the latter if you're a movie buff and a movie buff yeah all right well then obviously super mario bros fits into the former bucket (laughs) exactly and also the other thing too you know it wasn't just where we're located but throughout the entire country essentially everybody had beautiful weather this past weekend that's true like so yeah actually i don't think that's true i believe there were like tornadoes (laughs) oh oh no oh my gosh i'm so sorry if that's incorrect i like leading up to the weekend i you know i have coworkers from all over the country and everybody was saying how beautiful the weather was on friday so that's Mm, what mm -hmm. i assumed well but followed by beautiful weather is usually tornadoes (laughs) ah jeez it's fine i might be i might be false We'll never know. There's no way of knowing. People aren't coming here for cold, hard weather facts. You know, they're coming here for the Nick Cage trivia. So what do you got? The trailer tag for this movie is, it's the real fucking Dracula, and he's one sucky boss. That is quite possibly one of the worst taglines for a movie I think I've ever heard. I feel like we've... I feel like I've given taglines for other Nick Cage movies (laughs) previously, and you've said verbatim that same thing. So it's true, curious where this uh, ranks. Yeah, we'll make a new scale. ranking for taglines. For taglines. Yeah. It'll be a very short podcast. <laughs> <laughs> They're all at the bottom. <laughs> this movie was directed by Chris McKay. 
not known for much. He directed the Lego Batman movie. Which was also a charming movie. And it was produced by Universal Pictures. This Mm. is the first movie with a big production company that Nick Cage has done since 2011, Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance. Wow, it's been that long. It It has been that long. It's been 12 years. Everything else that he's done, I mean, while he's made good movies in the yeah. past 12 years, they've all been with smaller production companies, more like independent production companies or his own production company. That's true. That's true. Even Unbearable Weight was uh, one of the, the... I think it was yeah. a, f- a bunch of small ones, okay. if I recall. Uh, interesting. Correctly. Wow. Or just like smaller than Universal. Sure, I mean, Universal sure. is huge. The, the big dog on campus, right? Mm. Um, so that would also make... In Nick's mind, Ghost Rider, a, a universal, universal monster. Right. I see where you're going with this. Yes. So Nick, when asked if there are other universal monsters he'd want to play, mm-hmm. he said, I actually, in a way, already have because I feel like Ghost Rider and a werewolf wolfman They're basically are the same. basically the same thing. Which I I understand the train of thought that sure. got him there. Sure. I don't agree with it. No, I completely wholeheartedly disagree as well. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, I, I guess it's like, oh, at night he turns into a monster. But, like, the Wolfman, I, I don't know the original Wolfman story, but he doesn't do good deeds once he turns into the Wolfman. But He's, neither does Ghost Rider. He doesn't do good deeds. He eventually does. He stands up against... Mephisto or Satan or whatever the version oh. of the movie is and then, you know, protects the innocent or some shit like yeah, that. Yeah, but he's still like hurting people, even if they're bad people. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. They're <laughs> both hurting people. Like like you said. Like you said, I could see both, but it's not really I I don't <laughs> Whatever. They call a it a monster for a reason. So right. he's saying that Ghost Rider's a monster. Yeah. And Dracula's monster, obviously. Sure. Okay, Dracula, yes. Okay. So uh, tuck tuck your little selves in, kitties, oh, cuz it's story time. <laughs> We're going to do <laughs> a history lesson. Let's get some warm milk. Oh. And I'm going to read you a a story about uh, a little man named Dracula. Oh, please do. <laughs> when was the last time you think you had warm milk? 1997 <laughs> i was absolutely shocked that you gave me a date i've been pretty lactose intolerant <laughs> since that year <laughs> i'm gonna say like i've never had warm milk oh okay or or i don't know like three weeks ago i don't know what you want me to say yeah i thought you were gonna <laughs> thought i was dina <laughs> you gave me a date i don't know why that struck me with such a funny chord but okay all right i got my glad i can strike you theater of the mind i got my glass right. of warm milk and yum, yeah yum, and be yum. quiet because i'm about to tell you a story just shut the fuck up <laughs> get in bed <laughs> I, I am in bed i'm all tucked in my toes are sticking out the end of the sheet. your little tootsies <laughs> okay tootsies. so dracula in a history lesson In 1897, Bram Stoker wrote the gothic novel Dracula. It drew on... Oh, Bram Stoker is an Irish author. Mm. I thought that was interesting, you know, writing about Central European folklore. Oh, right. I was like, why is that interesting? But yeah, I get you. Um, So he drew on folklore about Nosferatu, which translation is undead. 
um, and Vlad the Impaler, who was a Romanian emperor prince from the 15th century, um, bad, real bad dude, <laughs> born uh, of the son of Vlad Dracul. Ah. Um, so known as Dracula, which direct translation is son of Dracul, oh, Dracula. Okay. Gotcha. Um, Vlad was a dickwad, asshole, brutal conqueror. <laughs> was he, that in the history book that you it read? Was, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, yeah, verbatim. In Bram Stoker's Dracula. Oh, okay, okay. Um, he... <laughs> the first literary usage of the phrase dickwad. <laughs> in 1897. <laughs> he sucked, he decapitated and disembodied and like boiled people, um, his favorite way to murder people was by impaling them, which is where he got the impaler moniker from. He would impale them with a wooden stake, which is where, you know, you can Uh. kill a a vampire with a wooden stake, you know, Mm -hmm. whatever comes from. Mm -hmm. And other accounts claim that he used to dine on his victims. He would eat them posthumously (laughs) and drink drink their blood. (laughs) There have been a ton of cinematic depictions um, based upon, you know, Bram Stoker's lore that he's telling, um, you know, all based upon Vlad the Impaler, who is known as Dracula. Gotcha. So the first one is 1922's Nosferatu, which, like I said, right. is not directly Dracula. Um, it is just a vampire, the undead. But it's what inspired, part of what inspired Dracula. But it is what in, part of what inspired Dracula. Um, and Nick loves Nosferatu. He drew on inspiration for his uh, vampire's kiss role from Nosferatu. <laughs> right, right. Florence Stoker, the widow of Bram Stoker, was still alive when the 1922 Nosferatu film came out. She was furious, claimed that it was plagiarism of her late husband's work and demanded that all of the copies of the film be destroyed. And I think there was like one remaining. Yeah, and, and it's like it's available now. It's available, right? yeah. yeah. I'm sure they made more after <laughs> like, after that. I'm sure it's like on YouTube with like a Manscaped ad halfway through or something, which is like just <laughs> so far from what the original version was. You know what I mean? That's hilarious. Yeah, I mean, let us, I, I don't know anyone who's watched it. I've seen nah. some clips from it. Yeah, the only clips I've seen from it is the episode of SpongeBob where they go, who's turning the lights off and on? Nosferatu. And he goes, beep, 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 beep. Oh my goodness. I don't think that's a real clip, but it's probably a real screenshot. What a poll. All right. The next time that Dracula appeared in cinema was in the 1931 Dracula movie by Universal. Bella Lagasse was Dracula, um, critically acclaimed actor for this role. Mm. The appearance of Renfield was also first in cinema in this 1931 Dracula in the Nosferatu movie. Renfield didn't happen. In the book, he is written as an asylum inmate suffering from delusions that compel him to eat living creatures in hopes of gaining power. So Dracula Mm. finds him and manipulates him into worshiping him for the promise of immortality. There is a clinical syndrome called Renfield syndrome where people turn to vampirism, I Ooh. suppose, to like because they think that drinking the blood of other living beings is going to give them power. It's Fascinating. a like clinical delusion. Wow. 
Um, you so, think yes. they would call it Dracula syndrome, but that would, doesn't but have the same. Renfield seems more scientific. Yeah, like I'd feel more comfortable saying that at like a scientific conference than, I'd also, than Dracula syndrome. Also, if I had it myself, I'd feel less like embarrassed to talk about it. <laughs> i'd be like yeah i have renfield syndrome yeah. uh-huh. and they'd be like oh my god i'm so sorry yeah I'd be like yeah it's it's really taken a toll on my life Meanwhile, rather than being like i have dracula syndrome i'll yeah. be like okay you fucking weirdo <laughs> yeah. at a house party just and like, then i just yeah, start dining like, on people's blood i have renfield syndrome oh my god i'm so sorry meanwhile someone's just standing in the corner googling like Ren- Renf- renfield like like the dracula what what is this they're gonna start drinking me yeah but that would cause someone to have to google it versus dracula syndrome they'd be like that's they'd not be real like, i know what that is <laughs> <laughs> that's not real but that could be a number of things that could be like an aversion to garlic or sunlight or crucifixes all of the above i go. have all of those so maybe <laughs> yeah. i do have dracula yeah. syndrome <laughs> yeah, i have an aversion to cilantro hannah has an aversion to garlic and sunlight and i need to be invited in <laughs> yeah you need to be inv- invited i in. cannot look in a mirror is that a thing too? It's not that they, they can't, can't see reflections in, they, of there's themselves. There's no reflection in a, and you can't take a picture of them. Mm. Like they won't show up in a photograph. There's no pictures of me out there. That's true. So who's to say? That's true. <laughs> You've never <laughs> seen it. All right. So since that 1931 Bela Lugosi Dracula, there have been countless other. Oh my god, millions of them. Countless I think there's a TV others. Show on right now. Yeah, they're everywhere. Dracula's daughter, son of Dracula. Dracula 2000, where, uh, who did I say yesterday? I don't have this written down. Gerard Butler, I think I said, oh, I think is so. the one star of, of that one. Yeah. Um, Dracula Dead and Loving It is a Mel Gibson movie. Weekend at Dracula's. Like Weekend at Bernie's? Yeah, you don't remember that movie? No. Oh my God, it was hilarious. That's it great. It doesn't exist. <laughs> you just made it up? I just made it up. <laughs> That's not funny. It's very funny. <laughs> I can't believe you bought that. Weekend at Dracula's? Well, I don't know. Some of these other things feel like spoofs. Like I said, there's so many. I didn't write them all down. Weekend at Dracula's might exist. It probably does. I'm so sorry, Ed. I mean, you look really like an absolute mean. idiot. <laughs> just made a fool know, of me. I thought you would know it was a joke. Why would I know that? <laughs> Weekend at Dracula's is so silly. Well, you just said that there's a show on TV now about Dracula, which I didn't know. The, yeah, so why like, would I know that Weekend at Dracula's isn't just like a spoof movie that like the scary movie people made? That's a fair point. I don't know. That's a fair point. I'm so sorry. Yeah, it was really terrible of you. Anyway, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. <laughs> she had a Dracula appearance in season five. <laughs> sure did. <laughs> Lots of other vampire appearances. Like I mentioned earlier, Twilight <laughs> doesn't have Dracula in it, though. No, not specifically Dracula. Not specifically yeah. Dracula. I think there is a Dracula in the Marvel Universe. We talked before about uh, you know, who Nicolas Cage could play in a, in a Marvel movie. Dra- like reprising his role as a different type of Dracula could be. Hey, yeah, I'd pay to see it. Yeah, there was a 1992 Dracula movie directed by none other than Nikki C's uncle. That's right, Frank Ford Coppola, Francis. Right, I forgot about that. Francis Ford that Coppola. One, that one was called Bram Stoker's Dracula. It was. Yeah, actually, no. I think the 1931 one was called Bram Stoker's Dracula. I think they might have both been called that. Okay. Yeah. 
So, yes, Francis Ford Coppola directed Dracula when Nick was already an adult. So I don't think that he, like, grew up thinking that because his uncle directed Dracula that he could play Dracula. But he has always loved... I mean, he's super into gothic literature. Mm, He's always loved Dracula, Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, um, into all of the monsters that are Mm. depicted in literary history. Mm Mm-hmm. The film was filmed, (laughs) the movie was filmed (laughs) at a point in time at a certain place. It was filmed in New Orleans, Louisiana from February 2022 to April 14th, 2022, exactly a year before the movie was released. There uh, were not that many interesting weird things that happened other than an instance where 20 production vehicles were burglarized what no was the joke i made it okay. was something about the comic book oh did someone steal the no. comic book or did no they one steal no a, one stole anything uh, dinosaur skull uh no okay cool uh <laughs> how's my comedic timing on that was it, it good? was phenomenal Thanks. and that's all I have to say about the film itself and Dracula. But mm. let's move on to Nicolas Cage's preparation for this role and oh just a lot of information about his love for the uh, the vampires. Uh, I just remembered his preparation for the role. Super inspired. Big fan of all of the Dracula source material. Um he drew a lot of inspiration from Nosferatu, Bela Lugosi's Frankenstein, Frank Langella's Frankenstein, Gary Oldman's Franken... I mean, not Frankenstein. I keep saying Frankenstein. Dracula. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even catch that, too. <laughs> My bad. Dracula. And his favorite performance of Dracula is Christopher Lee, Sir Christopher Lee. Mm. Nick spent a lot of time in hair and makeup. Yes. In his first... Well, in like... One of the first appearances that he makes in the film, he, you can tell, has a lot of makeup and, you know, crap all over his, prosthetics all over his face. And that took about eight hours. It was 20 pounds of makeup. And then as the film progresses, he has less and less makeup on because his condition starts to get better and better, as Steve will describe. Yeah, we'll talk about it. Um, Mm -hmm. So it went from like eight hours down to three and a half hours, down to like two hours, down to like 45 minutes. Um, for the 45 minutes ones, he looked very blue. They gave him a, a very like blue iridescent kind of finish. Um, and that was so that he, you know, kept that undead look and, you know, it would pop on, on the screen. Yeah. And that was like when the first, you know, uh, behind the scenes images were coming out for this movie, people saw him in that bluish grayish makeup and were like, oh, this movie's going to be so bad based on that image alone. Um, but I think it totally worked with the color palette in, I guess, I don't know, like the cameras and the lens. Yeah, he or looked great. They're using. He yep. looked sickly in a good way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Love that. All right. We have to talk about his teeth. Fuck. So this this Dracula has very different teeth than your typical Dracula or like, you know, the, the teeth you'd find at like a Halloween store yeah, yes. if you're going to play a vampire. Yeah. It's usually just what the canine tooth that mm. is super sharp and long. And sometimes, you know, in the movies, you'll see that the tooth grows 
as the vampire is getting ready to bite its victim. Yes. Nick's Dracula has what can only be described as rows and rows of shark teeth. Yeah, it's very They're very small, very mm-hmm. close together, all very sharp. Mm-hmm. They were made with a 3D printer. Mm. And as you can imagine, very cumbersome, intrusive in the mouth. <laughs> all that to say, it could look very thick i think in somebody's mouth mm-hmm. and distracting so sure. yeah. nick elected to have his te- teeth shaved down <gasps> shaved his own teeth down Ow. i'm sorry to have to talk about this again it's okay it's okay in order to fit these <clears throat> prosthetic 3d printed teeth on top so that it would be like a thin application that is so crazy for so many reasons i so i think we ultimately came to a decision as to like why or how this happened but the early the in his career is, yeah. he had really ugly teeth and you know we in one of our earlier podcasts talked about how his teeth like dramatically changed in one yeah. movie we assume he got veneers and has just been maintaining them over the years Typically, when one gets veneers, one of the ways that certain dentists or whatever, like ortho, yeah. orthotic, orthodontists, whatever, surgeons. One, yeah, oral surgeons. Yeah. Oral surgeons choose to apply the, the veneers is to shave down the teeth that are in your mouth in order to make them fit better. So I have to, we're just going to make a lot of assumptions here. Nick's teeth were already shaved down for the veneers. They removed the veneers for this movie, shaved his teeth down a little bit more. I don't know if they grow back over the years. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think so. I don't know. Yeah. They shaved them down a little bit more so that he could fit the prosthetics on. That is the only, like, rational thought. Yeah. But, like, if that is not exactly what happened, then all of I these am questions come into mind of, like, I thought you gave up method acting. Why are you doing this? Like, you don't need to do this. You can They can CG is, your teeth. Yeah, permanently, permanently changing, changing his, his body. body. <sighs> it's like getting a real tattoo for a role, which he did, the Woody Woodpecker one. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. For Raising Arizona. He got that but for yeah. real? That's so funny. Yeah, he did. It's, yes, I... I hate this. Yeah, I do too. Let's move on. Yeah. <laughs> now so, you all know that. So, he did that. you know, be in this headspace with me as uh-huh. I'm doing research and I come across another article that said, like, all the method acting that Nick Cage did for this role. And I'm like, dear God, There's please more. tell me he didn't drink blood. Oh, yeah. Dear God, please tell me that. he didn't. I don't know, stab himself with a wooden stake. Like, please. I'm not going to make you guess again because I did this yesterday. But it was deeply disappointing and anticlimactic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there were like two things that he did. One was that he wore his prosthetic teeth at his hotel so that he could keep practicing his voice, make it both eloquent and elegant. You thought he achieved neither. He did his best. Yeah. It, it's 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 hard to. I imagine it's very hard to to speak through those, and he did a serviceable job. Sure. 
Um, and then he just like watched every Dracula film ever committed to screen. Boring. Which isn't like method ev- acting. it's not method acting. It's, it's clickbait. Yeah. Clickbait as fuck. All right. So I got through that and then I started looking into interviews that he did. I read this interview with Screen Rant where he said that Dracula is really just a role I did not know how to say no to. Um, And then he said that he really likes, he's really proud of the version that he made of his Dracula. And he feels like it sits well with all the others since there have just been so many. Yeah. I thought he did a great job. I think that they all would probably play well in the playground together. (laughs) Yes. Um, When asked about Vampire's Kiss, because it's obviously like the only, you know, direct comparison. It's an obvious comparison, yeah. There is another movie that Nick made where he... (laughs) Plays a vampire. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to save that for the end. You remember. I won't save it for the end, but I asked Hannah to rank the following movies where Nick Cage played a vampire, and I said Renfield, Vampire's Kiss, and Peggy Sue got married because there's just a random scene in the beginning where he goes, I want to suck your blood. I want to suck your Twinkie. And like, it makes no sense in the context of the film, and he's doing that weird voice the whole time, too. It's crazy. I wonder if that. Movie came out around the time that his uncle did Bram Stoker's Dracula. Oh my god, it probably it probably did. Ninety two. That tracks. I'll check. Okay, should I keep going? Yeah. All right. So, where was I with that? I was saying that Vampire's Kiss is the obvious comparison to draw. So he, when talking about Vampire's Kiss, is saying that the difference between Renfield and Vampire's Kiss is that Renfield is billed as a comedy. Vampire's Kiss is not funny subject matter, is what he's saying. He's saying that this mm. is about a man who is actively losing his mind mind, and it wouldn't be a big ask for him to start acting like Nosferatu, whereas like right. Dracula is not losing his mind. He already lost it. Yes. <laughs> Peggy Sue Got Married came out in 1986. So wow. before the 90s movie, yeah. Pre-Uncle Dracula. Pre-Uncle Frankie's Drac. <laughs> I don't like that. You don't like Uncle Frankie's Drac? <laughs> no. All right, what else did he say? He spoke a lot in this article about his process, as he always does. He said that I'm a student, I love to learn, and I develop. I stay fresh because I don't know what else I can do. Yeah, I mean, I think you also do it for the money a lot of times. Yeah. 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 (laughs) I understand, like, the allure of playing (laughs) Dracula. And like I said, he does a great job, and there are some scenes in the It's a dream role of his. Yeah, that he absolutely crushes, so... But don't be like, oh, I love acting because it just keeps me fresh and it really keeps my mind at like. Well, he has said that, like, doesn't he have like gambling and like addiction issues in his real life? So by doing this, it like keeps him distracted from that. Yeah. I mean, he's never, to our knowledge, he's never been like admitted canceled. Right. No, no, no. But like he has all of these weird stories where he'll just show up at a restaurant and like ruin someone's meal because, you know, because he's he's a weirdo. Yeah. Which is like but people, part of the attraction to it. I, I mean, guess. ever since Peggy Sue got married, where oh, yeah. what's her name, Kathleen something, something, the main actress in there had some beef with Nick, and that was really the last time that he's like not gotten along with a co-star or oh, yeah. anyone he's worked with, or just in general, like people have wonderful things to say about him. Hundred percent. I I read some interviews with he and Nicholas Holt, which I'll get into. But first, okay. I'm going to finish this one first. Um, so. Nick 
has been, you know, very vocal about Dracula being a dream role of his, and he has three dream roles that he wishes to fulfill. <laughs> yeah. Dracula, just check that off the list. The exactly. other two, two are... More. What are they? R- drum roll, please. <laughs> a fisherman. A, a, okay, just a fisherman, not a, like Captain Ahab? Just fisherman. Just fisherman. Fish. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Uh-huh. A newspaper journalist. Uh, which one? Um, A. <laughs> <laughs> Like from the Scarlet Letter, uh, no, from Pretty Little Liars. Not Hest- yeah, he's, Hester Prynne. He's, he's, he's sorry. He was not a person in the Scarlet Letter. A. He wants to play the Scarlet Letter. A. He's just standing there with like like how you have your hands for the YMCA when you are playing a tree in the school play. Yeah, it's just Nicholas Cage in the background in dressed in red, painted red. Yes. Anyway, pinned to someone's chest. So of of all the fantastical creatures and ideas in the world, Nick Nick has a dream of playing someone who catches fish for a living and someone who writes the news in a dying craft. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he didn't say a Oh, he said a newspaper. He said newspaper journalist. Okay. All right, I was gonna say journalists aren't a physical dying copy. Craft, but... Yeah, it's okay. It's okay. I hope he gets to do that. He, I'm sure he will. Has not played a journalist yet, but he did play a weatherman. Oh yeah, fifteen years that. ago, Nicholas Page. Nicholas Page. Nicholas Cage uh, was in the movie Weatherman, star of the movie. And his son was played by none other than a 14-year-old Nicholas Holt, who plays wow. Renfield in Renfield 2023. Wow. This is their first time working together since then, 15 years. Nicholas Holt is um, super excited to be back on set with Nick Cage. And Nick Cage um, has the same sentiment, very excited to be back on set with him and support him. He said that, um, you know, in The Weatherman... Nick was the star, Nicholas Holt was the co-star, and, you know, he supported him. Now Nicholas Cage, you know, is returning the favor to Nicholas Holt, being the co-star to his star. Yes. They did a lot of impromptu improv and rehearsals as they walked to set. Um, and during screen tests for wardrobe and makeup, they, like, ran around set and did a lot of improv. Uh, they had a really fun time. Nicholas Holt said that at 14, he hadn't really seen all of the filmography in Nick Cage's repertoire, so he's now gone back to watch all of it. Huh? So it'd be impossible it would for be a impossible. 14-year-old to watch them all. He's, even he's gone age. back and watched most of it. <laughs> I doubt all of it, but, no. um, you know, super inspired by Nick's work. Um, originally, when he was 14, super overwhelmed and intimidated to sure. be working, yeah. you know, with a seasoned actor, but... He felt very calm and safe on set with Nick Cage as Fantastic. a teenage boy and still does today when filming this. Wow. Very nice. And then Hard the way. other thing that he mentioned was that Nicholas Holt thinks that Nick Cage's performance as Dracula was inspired by Anne Bancroft in The Graduate playing Mrs. Robinson. <laughs> oh, yeah. We talked about that. I don't see that at all, but I haven't seen that movie in a long time. I really, I also haven't seen this movie in a long time, but I get where they're coming from. Like, 
a toxic relationship. A toxic relationship aspect. where like isn't it like a like little like Stockholm syndrome? I don't remember. She's just much older than him. Mrs. Robinson is much okay. older than Dustin Hoffman. Yeah. And there's like, oh, Mrs. Robinson, you're trying to seduce me. And that's all I got from that movie. Mm, okay. <laughs> well. Okay. I have seen it. Yeah. But I can't tell you any other bullet points from it. Not helpful. No. For this purpose. But hopefully someone else understands what I'm re- referencing here. What, the movie? or the No, role? just like the oh, yeah. the comparison. Oh, yeah. Well, maybe, yeah. If you've seen the movie recently and you're like, oh, totally. I can totally see that. Then let us know. Right in. Yeah. Super curious. Yeah. Okay. Last but not least, Ben Schwartz oh. is also a co-star in this movie. You might know him from Parks and Recreation. He plays Jean Ralphio. <laughs> With the giant hair. and Yeah. He's amazing. He's the best. He's phenomenal in this film. We yeah. think that he stole the scene from everybody else that he was in. Like, yeah. you know, anytime he was on screen. Yeah, it's hard to steal a scene in a movie that also stars Nicolas, Nicolas Cage, Cage. But Ben Schwartz is crushing it in this movie. So He's good. so good. So good. So behind the scenes, he was geeking out over Nick. He's a huge fan of him. He said that Nicolas Cage is so committed to his work, unlike any other big stars. He is everything that he had hoped a Hollywood icon would be. He wanted to improv a lot with Ben and they did a lot of like impromptu improvisation off screen and on screen. Um, and it was like a very magical experience. That's nice. It's, it's always like, I don't know. It always, it's very heartwarming to hear of all these people who are like, you know, you're this like big Hollywood actor and, I feel like I've been burned by other Hollywood actors sure. or like, you know, people who've been working in the industry might be like jaded by the experience at some point by like, you know, some bad actor that they worked with, bad actor in a few, you know, types of yeah, meetings. Yeah, totally. But it's always so cool to hear that like Nick Cage is everything that people hope he is. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like it. I Like, I don't know. When we started this podcast, we've probably said this many times, but like... And even in the beginning of the podcast, we were like, this guy's probably an asshole in real life, right? Um, and then there was that, you know, famous or infamous, uh, uh, what's it called, interview with, with Nick Cage where he was like clearly on something and he wasn't wearing a shirt and he was <laughs> yeah. jumping up and down on a couch. Right. And we were like, oh, God, this guy's a weirdo. But then over Very Tom time, you know, yeah, he's, he's sort of settled down and people seem to really respect him on set. Uh, I am proud of his growth. Yeah, me too. And our own growth, too. Oh, we've also grown. We have grown significantly. And I don't know where uh, I can't get a good transition here. Okay, cool. We're just going to go into it. So uh-huh. Nick Cage and Nicholas Holt did a Ask Me Anything in AMA on Reddit. Oh, right. And I'm going to read a few of the Q&As. Fantastic. Very fun. Redditor Gatorade Nipples said, <laughs> what is your favorite lesser known performance out of your filmography, Nicholas Cage? And Nick said, um, there was a little cameo that I did that lasted all of about uh, one minute in a movie called Never on Tuesday. Hilarious. I don't recommend the entire film, but it was a performance I did. I didn't get paid, (laughs) but the agreement was with the director and whoever was financing the picture that if I do it, they would let me do whatever I wanted. So it was a completely avant-garde experiment. And of course, I played a character who had a prosthetic nose, which was very long and pointed. 
And then Nicholas Holt said, who were you inspired by? And Nicholas Cage <laughs> said, just sort of like a troubled live action version of Pinocchio. But like, <laughs> okay, so a few things. One, Pinocchio as a character is inherently troubled. And two, if you have not seen Never on Tuesday or the clip with Nicholas Cage, it is hysterical. He pulls up in a Ferrari and... The other thing that he said was like the Nicholas Holt said, did you bring the Ferrari? Like, was it your Ferrari? Oh, yeah. Was and it? Nick Cage said, no, it was someone else's Ferrari. And they took it away from me because I was driving it too fast. Yeah, that sounds like him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Amazing. All right. So that was that one. And then we'll do one more here. Uh, Diluted Ribena said, if you could swap one role from each other's careers, i.e. how Nicholas uh, was in face off. What would you choose? Nice. And Nick Cage said, I would like to try to play Renfield and I'd like to see what Nicole gets up to as Dracula. I would like to switch and then have it switch back and then switch back again. And then Nicholas Holt said, I wouldn't want to do it because I just love it so much as it is, but adaptation. Mm. Truly a brilliant movie on every level, but that's not one that I'd want to do, but it's just one that I'm in awe of what, what you did do and the film in general I love. And Nick Cage said, thank you, by the way. I think you would crush it. Yeah. Super supportive. Very nice. Very heartwarming note to end on there. So Hannah's putting away her notes, which I believe means that it's time. That is your signal. It's time to for me to receive the signal, which is that <laughs> I am going to walk us through this movie, Nick Cage scene by Nick Cage scene. I'll start these more modern movies, as I always do, with a big spoiler alert warning. Um, you know, if you haven't seen the movie, like we said earlier, it's a great movie. It's a lot of fun, a lot of kind of fun gore and violence in a lot of really funny moments. So go see it. Uh, if you don't want to see it, or if you have already seen it, we're going to walk through the Nick Cage scenes right now. And I think the best way to kick off talking about this movie is really to highlight the characters in the movie and just kind of tell you very briefly the cast what, of characters yeah, yeah like tell you very briefly what their motivations are because mm-hmm. nick cage is a side character so he's not the one kind of driving the plot so to speak so of course you have nicholas holt who plays renfield who is the lead and as i mentioned in the beginning and as you've seen in all the trailers he is the faithful assistant to dracula he is what's called a familiar meaning that he is uh, imbued with some of Dracula's powers. Hannah's impressed that I used the word imbued. <laughs> I don't know if I pronounced it properly, but here we are. Uh, but he can only access those powers when he eats a bug, so as opposed to drinking human blood like Dracula. So after 100 years of serving Dracula, he decides that it's time for him to finally stand up for himself. And the reason he gets to that place is because... He finds Dracula's victims by going, hopping around city to city and going to these uh, toxic relationship support group meetings. So he goes and finds all of the people who are being toxic in relationships, kills them, brings them to Dracula to suck their blood. Um, along the lines, we run into Aquafina, who plays a cop in New Orleans. And she's like the only good non-crooked cop in New Orleans. <laughs> Very, very corrupt uh, police force. Everybody on the police force is corrupt. (laughs) For some reason, she's got a sister who is in the FBI who like works down the hall, even though she's just a regular beat cop. I don't really understand, but it's okay. So Nicholas Holt and Aquafina have a run in with each other. And Nicholas Holt falls in love with Aquafina because she stands up to the mob bosses in the area, the mob that's kind of running the town, so to speak. And... 
Who are the mob bosses? Well, the the boss herself is this older woman who she's just kind of that actress from that thing or that person from that thing. You've seen her. You're going to hear her voice and be like, oh, yeah, I've heard that voice. She's got this kind of raspy voice. And you're like, oh, yeah. She's done a lot of video game work, I think I've seen. Oh, that's interesting. Um, I recognize her from X-Men 3, The Last Stand, where she plays a doctor and has one line. And she says, the transformation can be a little jarring. And that was the first time I learned the word jarring. And so whenever I think something's jarring in my head, I think of this woman saying the transformation is rather jarring. And that movie came out when you were what, like 15? Oh, yeah. I was okay. like almost an adult. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, but more importantly, as we mentioned, the real scene stealer of the movie is Ben Schwartz, who plays the mob boss's son. He's covered in tattoos. He's just being his charismatic self. He's clearly improving on set. He's hysterical. Um, and so the mobs thing is that they're not the biggest mob. They're not the wealthiest mob, but they're the most influential because they're the most violent. So keep that in mind as well as we move forward. So first time we see Nick is actually in a flashback sequence. We see Nicholas Holt who is kind of narrating over um, him at one of these support group meetings and saying, like, I bet you wonder how I got here, record scratch. <laughs> and uh, we see Nick Cage in a beautiful red robe uh, as Dracula with his hair slicked back, the teeth that Hannah beautifully mentioned a moment ago. And he's fighting these two priests, and he gets trapped in this circle of powder on the ground that creates, like, this magic force field that's going to come back later. And he's like, he calls out to Nicholas Hall. He's like, Renfield, come help me, my familiar squire. <laughs> and so Renfield's like, all right, this is moving a bit quickly. Let's go back even further. And they go into like these really fun, like old timey black and white silent picture sort of uh, scenes of Nick Cage and Renfield and how they met. And those old-timey black and white, you know, silent pictures, it was just the original 1933 Bram Stoker's Dracula with Bela Lugosi, but they just transposed Nick Cage's, like, body and Nicholas Holt's body into it in place of Brilliant. Dracula and Renfield in the movie. Brilliant. I love that. <laughs> I didn't notice that. I didn't It took know that. them a very long time, and I imagine most of the $65 million budget was spent on that work. <laughs> I wonder how much of, like, the $65 million budget I mean, they filmed in the New cast. Orleans, which was probably, like, they, pro they probably paid them to film there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, like, the, <laughs> of the $65 million, like, I'm sure, like, Nick got, like, at least five. I'm at sure the very least nicholas holt got a couple mil oh yeah Aquafina probably got a couple mil ben schwartz yeah at least a couple hundred thousand so like like all these people like like there's a big chunk of your 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 cash just right paying there. the cast alone 100 percent, right and um, there is a lot of cg in this movie yes steve also mentioned that nick appears in a luxurious Ooh, red robe yes like velvet suit oh. Um, that is Nick Cage's personal favorite costume mm. that he had in Renfield. Oh, interesting. Good stuff. So we then jump back to this action scene where Nicholas Holtz, Renfield, he's like he frees the the he frees Dracula, Nick Cage, from the the powder circle, and uh, there's a big fight fight scene, and and he's doing all the classic Dracula stuff. He's turning into bats. He's turning into smoke and flying down people's throats, and they explode. Uh, I have written here. He is. Snapping necks and cashing checks. Um, then one of the priests gets free, pulls down a curtain to reveal the sun, 
and it hits Nick Cage, and he bursts into flame, and he becomes a charred mess, and there's a really funny visual moment, and we still haven't been able to place it, where Renfield goes over and goes, Master, are you okay? And he picks him up, like he's face down on the ground, he picks him up, and his head quickly snaps around, and it's clearly a puppet of just a completely charred head. It's like a skull and a spine with like barely any Maybe it is just in Home Alone 2, yeah, lost to New York. <laughs> where Marv is getting electrocuted and then he turns then into a skeleton. They, yeah, quickly show a skeleton yeah, and then get back like to Yeah, he looks like a Jeff Dunham like puppet like, yes. as he turns around and he's just like, what, is it that bad? And it's just, it's very funny. Um, very campy. Very campy, absolutely. So we flash back forward again to the to the future where, as I mentioned, Nick Cage is bringing toxic people to Dracula, not, I'm sorry, Nick Holt is bringing toxic people to Dracula for him to eat. And when Dracula reads this, and this is the scene where he's got that 20 pounds of prosthetics on, he's looking all goopy. It's not great. Mm -hmm. And uh, this is where he, um, he's eating the toxic person and he looks absolutely crazy and he goes to Renfield. What? What is this? And Renfield goes, uh, this one's name is Doug, I think. And he goes, Doug is trash! You're feeding me trash! I don't ask for much, Renfield! So it's our first big scream of the movie. <laughs> I hope I did that justice because there's not clips. Yeah. Uh, because this movie's uh, not on streaming yet. But really Doug great. Is trash. I noticed immediately that Nick Cage's accent clearly goes in and out. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what accent he's trying to do in this. It's like half British, half like Transylvanian. Only when he says the word Dracula. Just himself. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's like, oh, it's kind of British every now and then, but Dracula. Like, <laughs> Dracula. And then every once in a while, I was like, no, nah, I'm just regular old Nick Cage. <laughs> it's just like, okay. It must be hard with the teeth. Yeah, I'm sure. You'd think he'd practice. Oh, wait, he, he did, did practice. Oh, whoops. Huh. Oh, boy. <laughs> so we learn here a few things. One, that he needs really pure people to get himself back to full pure strength. Pure blood. Pure blood. Or he needs at least a lot more people than, than Renfield can provide. So he gets mad at Renfield, slashes open in his stomach Renfield's guts are coming out and we also learn that Dracula's blood can heal wounds so he's like he intimidates Renfield real quick and it's just like all right I'll heal you but you got to get me some pure people um I'm sorry I'll heal you but you got to get me some pure people so Nicholas Holt is having a little bit of a, a, a mental conundrum where he's like I don't know if I should be you know bringing in these pure people for for Dracula so He's thinking about it, and as he's thinking about it, he runs. It, he finds himself in between a, a confrontation between Aquafina and the mob. And so there's a big action sequence, and after the action sequence, we just see a very quick, brief moment of uh, Nick Cage's just his mouth and that gnar and those gnarly teeth, like calling uh, uh, Nick Holt. He has this ability where he can call Ren Renfield. Come here, I need you. What? What is the syndrome in? Uh, the TV series, The Act, which was inspired by, like, Gypsy Rose. Is that Munchausen's? Yeah. I don't remember. Why? I was thinking, like, what does Renfield have for Nick? Is it Stockholm's? It's probably Stockholm Syndrome. Yeah. It's more than Munchausen's. Because yeah, he's not making him sick. Yeah. But he does keep, he does keep, like, injuring him and then healing him back up. Right, right. 
Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I we're clearly not uh, psychologists because we don't know about Renfield syndrome, Munchausen syndrome, or Stockholm, <laughs> or Stockholm syndrome. syndrome. None syndrome. of the above. <laughs> it's like it's like a who wants to be a millionaire like <laughs> question. So we we don't it's know. D. It's D. <laughs> so uh, after we get that close up. We get back to their headquarters in New Orleans, which I forgot to mention is just an old rundown hospital. And Nick Cage is starting to look a little bit more like himself, and he reveals a plan for world domination to Renfield. He decides that, you know, hey, I should, I'm basically a god. I should be treated as one, and I should dominate the world. You look like you're about to Is he looking more like himself because Renfield starts bringing him pure blood and we just don't see it? Or is Dracula going out and getting pure blood himself? Uh, Or is it just because like... I think because he ate those people. He ate those people and just the transformation is working a lot slower than it would if Mm -hmm. he had, say, a bus full of cheerleaders, which is something that he mentioned he wanted to have. Or a a table of of nuns. Table of nuns or a couple of tourists and uh, they all, like, you know, Nick Holt is walking down the street or something. And he sees, he sees all, all of those, those examples. Like, ah. <laughs> yeah. So in this scene where he lays out his plan for world go- world domination, Nick Cage has a great moment where he goes, I'm an immortal, insatiable, woo, all powerful being. They should be worshiping me. So he has this little woo right I in the middle. It. And there's a really funny visual gag where, you know, he's got he's got this big map on the wall for how he's going to take over the world. And right at the center, it says Dracula. And then there's like a Dracula's plan for world domination. And, and then, then it zooms in and there's a little post-it and it says, and Renfield. And Renfield. <laughs> it's like taped onto the wall. Like, see, you're part of this too. We can do this together. So again, toxic relationship themes. That uh, reminded me of like SpongeBob. Oh, totally. There's a lot of like real SpongeBobby moments in this, <laughs> yeah. I feel. So uh, Nick Holt um, decides that, you know, if I stop bringing him people to eat, He'll never get to his full power. He'll never take over the world. So Nick Holt has a little makeover montage. He has an epiphany. Yeah. That he's the one supplying the power. Like yeah. he is the power. Yeah, exactly. They play a really upbeat Lizzo song while he like gets fun- fancy new sweaters and stuff. It's really fun. <laughs> Do you think if this movie came out 20 years ago, they would have played... Ooh, maybe 30 years ago, whenever that song came out. I don't know when it came out. I think if it were 20 years ago, it would be that song. By KT Tunstall. Whoa, I never would have guessed that. that. Wow. What a pull. (laughs) But so Nick Holt has has this, you know, this revitalization, this realization, right? And as this is happening, because Nick Holt got himself in the middle of this confrontation between Aquafina and the mob, the mob traces Renfield back to the hospital where he's taking all of these, you know, mobsters for Dracula to eat. So the mob shows up at the hospital and has a confrontation. I've been using that word a lot <laughs> with with Dracula, and he's just tearing through all of them. And as he's tearing through all of them, he's drinking their blood, and he is becoming stronger he's becoming stronger and stronger and becoming much more like himself and he has a face-to-face with ben schwartz and he does his classic and finds out that you know now that he's closer to power closer to full power he can go out and look for nick holt so he finds nick holt's apartment and this scene 
is amazing. So, this, so good. The scene starts with Nick Holt is like living his life. He's like going on dates with Aquafina or whatever. And he walks into his apartment and he walks up to the door. Yeah. He opens the door yeah. and he sees Nicolas Cage sitting at his kitchen table and he looks down at his doormat and he goes, oh, crap. Because the doormat says, says, welcome, come on in. Yeah. So So it was like an invitation for a vampire to come in. So he's in. (laughs) And so there is this classic scene that you've seen played out a million times, but it's so funny because it's Nick Cage dressed as Dracula, where where Nick Holt is like, oh my God, master. I was just looking for you. I I have a whole busload of cheerleaders. So many cheerleaders to feed you. And Nick Cage the whole time is just going, oh, mm -hmm, are you? Oh, yeah. oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Sure. He's like putting his hand on his chin, like all innocently. Oh, is that right? Oh, He's like nodding sure. his head. Mm, yeah. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's so funny. And he just flips a switch and he starts intimidating uh, Nick Holt. And he says, are you suggesting anything you could do could hurt me? You're a husk. I'm the real victim here. You abandoned me. <laughs> <laughs> But imagine that his voice is a little, like, marbled because he has rows of shark teeth. Yeah, like, every third syllable you Garbled? No, every... Is is that the word? Garbled? Garbled, not marbled. (laughs) Marbled, I think, works in this sense. Yeah, Because he has marbles in his mouth and his words are garbled. Yeah, eloquent and elegant. Elegant. Um, what was I gonna say? Yeah, like every third syllable, you touch your tongue to the tip of your teeth, right? Which I just did a bunch there. But like, imagine extremely sharp teeth attached to your previously existing yeah. teeth. Like yeah. he he kind of talks a little bit like this. The Human Torch was denied a bank loan. <laughs> yes, very good. <laughs> so, in this confrontation. Again, I don't know why I keep using that word. It's accidental, it's and I hate myself for it. Good way to describe these scenes. So during this intimidation, uh, Nicholas Holt grabs a book that was given to him by the support group so he can read his affirmations mm-hmm. to Dracula. Dracula sees the book and where he got As it As if from. it's the Holy Bible. Right. And he's like, well, fuck this. Now I know where you're, Now I know where you're hiding all of these innocent people, and he flies off to the support group. So he gets to the support group, and of course, it's a support group, right? So he gets to the door, and someone goes, is someone there? Come on in. And he comes on in, and Nicholas Holt also like, meets Wait, him you there. have to talk about What's that? how he walks in, what we see. Oh, my God. It is an amazing <laughs> reveal when he walks in. Thank you for stopping me. Yeah. Because um, he walks in, and they reveal... It's the just camera his, just pans up. Yeah, it pans up from his... His shoes, yeah. To, with walking with a cane mm-hmm. to his hand with like beautiful gaudy rings on every finger. Which and is it, how I imagine Nick Cage just lives his day to day. A hundred percent. And it pans all the way up to him wearing a top hat for absolutely it's no great. reason. It's so phenomenal. Good. It's so good. So he gets into this to this support group. Nick Holt's there. He kind of pushes Nick Holt off to the side. He flies up and goes, I am Dracula. Dracula. <laughs> he, he intimidates Nicholas Holt again by screaming, I gave you the choice of a power of a god and the pathetic desperation of humanity. And you chose wrong. Something along those lines. And he just starts eating everybody and slashing everybody. Brutal. 
and he like eats the last person and he does that classic Nick Cage thing where he kind of puts his arms out and back a little bit <laughs> and he puts his head back and just starts kind of swaying. Sways. Yeah, you've seen it before. And it's very I feel like fun. in face off he does that, right? When oh, the 100%. when he's when the choir is singing. Yes, he makes a face he, like, during dances. that. Yeah, he does some weird more <laughs> yeah. aggressive dances, I he think. He does a lot that. of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, he dips um, there's a brief scene where he's back at the abandoned hospital, kind of making a deal with Ben Schwartz. He does a loud laugh. I, again, I don't have the clips, but another screw, a noteworthy scream, uh, where he then makes his place to the mob's headquarters. So he interacts with the mob boss. He made It's revealed that he made Ben Schwartz his new familiar. So now Ben Schwartz has all the same powers of Renfield. If he eats a bug. If he eats a bug, he becomes basically just as, power as Dra- powerful as Dracula for like a minute. Uh, he's got a beautiful cape, um, and he <laughs> calls for Renfield one last time um, for a final showdown between Renfield and Dracula and Aquafina and the mob. So there's also this side thing with Aquafina's sister was uh, abducted. That F, you know that FBI agent yeah, that we that mentioned briefly. At the yeah, beginning. Aquafina's sister like was abducted by dracula and the mob so she's like i gotta go get my sister back so i'm in this with you so they get armed to the teeth and uh they go for their final showdown so there's a big fight between everybody and ultimately it culminates with um renfield and aquafina and dracula have a face to face to face (laughs) in the mob boss's main room where it's revealed that there is a switch for the curtains to come up so just like the beginning of the movie we're like, well, what's going to happen here? And uh, Dracula goes over to Aquafina. He's like, oh, my blood can heal your sister right now. And think, I can make you a familiar. Think of all you, the good you can do with the powers I have. All you have to do is join me, pledge your allegiance to me and, and everything. And she's like, if it saves my sister and think of all the good I can do, I'll do it. And we're like, Aquafina, no, oh my God, oh, please don't. The audience was screaming in our theater. <laughs> <laughs> there was like four people in our theater. Anyway, like I said, it was a beautiful day. Um, $7.4 million in the first weekend. Yeah, brutal. Remember that number. <laughs> brutal. So it's actually a ploy. Aquafina's going for the curtain switch, She of duped course. him. She duped him. It's so. so funny that vampires in particular, I mean, they've been depicted in so many movies that I feel like just a part of like our cultural zeitgeist at this point is knowing how to defeat a vampire. Yeah. That like... They will burn in the sun and yeah. you drive a wooden stake through them and the garlic and the... Uh, yeah, they're 100% the, <laughs> the weakest of like the... They have a lot of Achilles heels. Yeah, it's, it's, it's weird. It's like, yeah, why do we know all of this? How do we... Like, I know like six ways to kill a vampire. I know right. like one for a werewolf. Yeah. Yeah. And yet vampires are in... I don't know. People are obsessed with them. Yeah, it's weird. Maybe because they know that there's always a way out. <laughs> That's true. Just, yeah. Make there's a way to write out of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah there's <laughs> a way to write out of it. <laughs> That's funny. So, there, like I said, there's this, there's this big showdown, and then the curtains come up because Aquafina does this ploy. Uh, Nick Cage burns very briefly, but turns into bats, and him turning into bats kind of shuffles the three of them into like an artillery room an artillery room for the mob drug drug Drug. artillery room (laughs) yeah maybe just a storage room honestly (laughs) but so renfield's knocked out he's on the floor dracula grabs 
Aquafina by the throat hovers over Renfield. It's like, there's nothing else you can do. You're, you're, you should have swore your allegiance to me. She pulls out her gun, shoots his foot so that he starts bleeding on top of Renfield. Which heals Renfield. Heal, and then he can fight Dracula. And while Renfield's fighting Dracula, Aquafina sneaks off to the side, grabs a pound, I guess, or many, many pounds. Kilo, of co- isn't that? A kilo, yeah, that makes more <laughs> sense, of cocaine that's in the room and makes the magic circle with the powder on the ground uh, from the beginning of the movie and and Renfield the spirit circle and thing. traps yeah traps ooh, spirit circle is that what it's called yeah that makes sense probably and traps dracula inside renfield's like how did you do that and she was like i just i, I googled how to make one and um there's like a latin phrase that you have to say and that's that's it <laughs> and that made me think of too is like i love that they said that because so many of these like universal monster movies are like modern well, horror especially movies. the vampires like we just yeah, said you know like, we know so many ways to kill them there of course would be a reddit thread <laughs> where you could just go like how do i kill like i have this pesky vampire can someone just tell me yeah. how to kill it yeah it's like oh just make this power of christ compels you circle around them yeah it's like if you say these six <laughs> words in latin then you know frankenstein's monster will implode and you're like oh sweet okay cool like if you have a device in your pocket yeah like, like it's, it's like so all easy. those like exorcist movies too yeah it's like i, I don't know how hard could it be right <laughs> <laughs> so nick cage is trapped in the circle and aquafina and nicholas holt are surrounded by deadly weapons so they're like all right game's over and they turn to dracula and say any last words and he goes hell Satan! And he sticks up his pinky and his finger, his pointer finger and a rocker symbol. <laughs> sticks Rock out his on. tongue, I think, and goes, Hail Satan! Hell yeah. And they chop him up to pieces and... Uh, put they, him in cement. They put him in some cement, <laughs> drop him in the river or something, and <laughs> and they grab some of his blood so that they can heal everybody that he's killed throughout the movie. And they just are serving it like fruit punch at a... Yeah, next to the coffee <laughs> next and donuts. Next to the coffee. <laughs> So, yeah, so that's the movie. Um, one thing we actually forgot to mention, Han, in my mm-hmm. sort of closing notes for this movie yeah. was uh, this was written by Robert Kirkman, who wrote The Walking Dead and Invincible and a lot of other really popular comic book series. So, yeah, highly recommend anything Robert Kirkman does. He's He, he seems to be on a... Anything? I don't know. He's probably made some, like, real crap or problematic stuff, but... Well. If you watch anything or read anything that he did and hate it, I would blame Steve. Yeah. Right in. <laughs> if you've made it to an hour plus into this podcast <laughs> and you have complaints, let me know. So I think that's going to do it for me, Han. Any closing thoughts? No, I mean, you got plenty of time to go see this movie. I would recommend it, even though we just 100%. spoiled it for you if you're oh, listening yeah. at this point. Oh, yeah. And we refuse to put in time codes. Okay, so. <laughs> Timestamps. Timestamps, time codes, whatever. <laughs> So we are going to do our Nicolas Cage Awards. First up, Han, Best Supporting Actor. That's tough. I mean, supporting actor meaning supporting Nicolas Cage because Nick Holt is the star. Yes, He was phenomenal in this. Mm -hmm. I love Nicolas Holt in general. About a Boy is a great movie. (laughs) Um, Also a huge fan of Ben Schwartz. Oh, my God. He was so good in this. But I'll give it to Nicolas Holt. Yeah, for sure. Especially because he was in another movie with Nick Cage. And we we probably gave him... Best supporting actor. I don't know. For the weatherman, we probably gave it to like the chicken nugget flying at his face. You're right. Yeah. But anyway. <laughs> I forgot he got food like thrown at him like yeah. more than just tomatoes. That was his thing. Yeah. Uh, next award is best dressed. What are you thinking? Uh, so 
Nick rarely mentions his wardrobe in interviews and because he called out specifically that he loved that red velvet suit. I feel like we have to give it to it out fair, of respect for enough. Nick. Yeah, I mean, he's he's got like the cape and I think I failed to mention, but he's wearing like a full black suit at one point where like the lapel on the sport jacket is like sequence, which is fun. Yeah, he but has the top hat and all the, the rings. Hat. But I mean, that red, that red. It's iconic. Suit, yeah. And like, I got to give him respect where respect is, is, is earned. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next up is worst Nicolas Cage scene. Um, as Steve mentioned, it's hard to steal a scene from Nick Cage, but Ben Schwartz manages to do it in that first scene that they interact where Ben Schwartz like stumbles upon his lair and starts having a conversation with Nick Cage. Basically, yeah. it's a good scene, but it's not his best. No, I agree. And and when you see the performance that Ben Schwartz is putting in this movie and you see the performance that Nick Cage is putting in this movie, I was a little disappointed at their first meeting i was like oh man i thought this would be more entertaining i wonder if it's because they did so much improv mm. that they had like a ton of really great takes hmm. and they just like pick that one Aww. the editing yeah. i don't know you never know yeah you never know true you never know best nick cage scene i think this is an obvious yeah it's it's in nicholas holt's apartment oh my god he is just so intimidating and he's so funny and it's fantastic i love that scene it's so good check it out uh, best Nick Cage scream. Hail Satan. <laughs> it's really good. There are some <laughs> other really good screams in this movie, but but just the fact that he ended the it visual. With, the, with the rocker, like, hail Satan. <laughs> so funny. I just love that that's his last words. A hundred percent, yeah. <laughs> He's lived for millions Hundreds of, of years, years yeah, at this yeah. point, however many it is. Mm -hmm. And that's what he chose for his last words. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Most nouveau shamanic moment, our final award for the evening. Yeah, that's tough. I mean, as as Nick himself stated, I and I agree, this Dracula fits nicely in with every other Dracula. And any of the moments that would deviate from the other Draculas are like very clearly like nick cage choices not just nick cage making a different right. choice for dracula it's just like oh well that's what nick cage would look like playing dracula so because of all of that i'm gonna give it to the woo that he does <laughs> i'm an insatiable woo immortal god <laughs> it's like that or potentially like the swaying that he does after he eats all those bodies because yeah. he just does that in a lot of movies but like the woo like that's just so nick cage really i have is. to give it to that it really is so han our next part of this podcast is well done by the way with those awards thank you uh-huh our next part of this podcast some practice. is is <laughs> ranking the movie and so you had already done this and let me see if it still holds up you it does this movie pretty high at number eight Eight. This is, I mean, Nick has three roles that he wants to play in his life, hey, and this fair. is one of them. He has fulfilled a third of his dream. <laughs> hey, fair. You know, I'm not going to argue with you. Uh, you. Your decisions are final. So, can you um, share what movies sandwich that? Yes. And so I'll just give you the top 10. How about that? Yeah, I love that. So, number 10 is The Weatherman, which is so fun that renfield and the weatherman are close together in this ranking and number nine is adaptation nicholas holt's uh favorite yeah yeah 
Then we have Renfield, of course, at number eight. Then Face Off at number seven, which was mentioned by the yep. by the, uh, uh, the interviewer. Redditor. Yep. Mm-hmm. Then we have at number six, The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. So a lot of more recent movies break in the top ten here. But these top five are going to be tough to crack. We have at number five, The Wicker Man. Number and for, hold on, yeah. remember this isn't his best movies. This is his most cagey performances. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Let's be clear. The like the most entertaining. It from is a the Nicolas most quintessential yeah. Nicholas Cage performances. Uh huh. Yeah, a hundred percent. So with that in mind, we go from The Wicker Man to Leaving Las Vegas, <laughs> at number four. Then at number three, of course, everyone's favorite national treasure. Number two, everyone's forgotten, but shouldn't <laughs> no be. No one knows about this. Deadfall. So good. An amazing performance. No, it's the worst movie ever. It's the worst movie ever. <laughs> it has a zero. But Rotten he's Tomatoes. the only one who's doing anything in that movie, and I stand by he's it. He's doing something. The most. It's not great. <laughs> Arguably but it's too much. <laughs> yes. And then, of course, at number one, the other vampire movie. So two Vampires vampire movies. Vampires Kiss. Vampires Kiss. Two vampire movies in the top 10 for Nicolas Cage. He for loves us. vamps. Hey, we love him as a vamp. So with. Oh, yeah. One more thing. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people say that you know there's like memes on the internet that say that nick cage is a vampire that he's lived forever because mm. there's all these like old-timey pictures of of people that just like looked like nicholas cage yeah that have come up on the internet yeah that's happened for a few people i know keanu reeves had that happen a few times as well where these old pictures so that funny. just happen to look a lot like a modern celebrity but and i think that's gonna do it next time we Exciting. see our audience or speak to our audience will be for one of a few movies. One could be Butcher's Crossing. That movie has not had a wide release yet, only in uh, some film festivals. We were invited to all of them, but we were just too busy to make it. Yeah, yeah. We have so many irons in the fire um, that we just couldn't fly to Netherlands again. To the Netherlands again. No, not again. (laughs) Not again. I was just there last week. (laughs) So, you know, it's stuff like that that comes up. So we, I, I don't know the next time we're going to be able to see Butcher's Crossing, maybe when it comes out on streaming. But otherwise, uh, some other movies coming out that are in post-production are Sympathy for the Devil and The Retirement Plan, um, as well as Dream Scenario, Arcadian, what? and Long Legs. They're all in post-production. Um, but Sympathy for the Where? Devil and The Retirement Plan are expected to be in 2023. Why? <laughs> what? Unclear. <laughs> How? I think that was the only one I missed. Oh, okay, yes. <laughs> because with a different letter, so it's hard to miss. Yeah. Or it's easy to miss, yeah. Hmm. 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 Indubitably. Imbued. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Han, that's going to do it, I think. Any other closing thoughts? Um, Hail Satan. Hail Satan. <laughs> <laughs> and as always, we will be here for you through Nick and Thin. Thanks for listening, everybody. Take care.